Oscar, where's 1049 Park Avenue? This is 1049 Park Avenue! Can two divorced men share an apartment without driving each other crazy? Hello, and welcome to 1049 Park Avenue, an odd couple podcast. Today, Ted and Garrett here with you, going to talk about Oscar's Birthday, Season 3, Episode 10, which is available on Paramount+. And we will let Garrett tell us who the writer or writers are. Well, this is, yeah, it's very rare we get this kind of split credit of, uh, we have a two familiar names, uh, but... Uh, this Bob Bruner, who wrote the first baby last week's uh, episode, uh, gets a story credit on this, and then Albert Lewin, uh, a frequent frequent writer, is gets the teleplay credit. So presumably, Lewin uh, did the, the the final ultimate draft. This is Lewin's seventh and last odd couple episode. So tip of the hat to Albert Lewin, author of such great episodes as Fat Farm, Felix's first commercial. Yeah, that's a, he has a good little repertoire of episodes there. Yeah. So we open up in the living room. Felix is straightening the magazines on the coffee table and the doorbell rings. It's Miriam who has a blue box in her hand. And now I'm noticing she's very bubbly, which is what Eleanor Donahue described in that interview we played a few episodes back. Um, and I guess I never noticed that before. So she comes in with the box in her hand. She asks if Oscar's home yet. And Felix says, do you see anything on the floor? Which is a joke we just heard in Felix's first commercial. Yeah. Same writer. Same writer. Said. Okay, yeah. so he's reusing his <laughs> jokes a little bit. Uh, that's what Pat the bartender said to uh, Felix when Oscar said, but Felix asks Pat if Oscar had been in the bar yet. Uh, and then he asks Miriam, is that what I think it is in the box? Miriam says, yes, I got exactly what you wanted. Then Felix touches her chin, which may be the most affection Felix ever shows yes. Miriam in this entire I don't series. think they ever kiss. Well, I'll be surprised to see if they kiss, but that is probably, yeah, you're right. That I don't think be. they ever kiss. Um, in fact, later in the episode, he refers to her as a friend. I mean, yeah. maybe part of a joke, but it's like... News to her, maybe, yeah. And he says, uh, we have to hide it before Oscar comes home. And Miriam says, I thought Oscar already had a smoking jacket, to which Felix says, a bathrobe with cigar butts in the pocket is not a smoking jacket. Miriam says, why don't we hide it in the closet? And Felix says, that's what I did last year. It was the one day of the year he chose to hang up his coat. And Miriam says he'd never find it in his room. And Felix says, neither would we. So Felix has an idea, and he waves his finger in the air, very... Uh, excited about his own idea, which is simply to go to the closet and hang it up and put the box in there because he says, do you know what the odds are against him hanging up his coat two years in a row? Miriam says, why don't you just hand it to him directly and say happy birthday, Oscar? And Felix says, that would cut out the element of surprise. That's what makes it all worthwhile. We can't give him a surprise party without a surprise. Now we need a theme, a surprise and a theme. That's the way you build great moments and birthdays. And Miriam very acutely says, great moments for who? So she's picking up that this is more about Felix mm -hmm. than Oscar. Yeah. 
At the time we hear the door being opened and Oscar comes in in a good mood and says hi to both of them. And Felix asks Oscar why he's home so early. Oscar says they shortened their hallway, which is a funny line. Oscar starts to take off his jacket and head to his bedroom, but he sees Felix, who is not very sly here. He points to Oscar and then points to Miriam about the fact that he is a, taking off his coat and heading back towards his bedroom and not to the closet. But Oscar notices this and starts to head now back towards the closet. And Felix says, what are you doing? Oscar says, I'm hanging my coat up. Felix says, I'll hang it up for you. Oscar says, I'll see if you hid my birthday present in the here, referring to the closet. Now, Felix is very upset. He stomps his foot and he punches the air. Oscar opens the door. I don't know if you notice this. He doesn't hang up his coat. He throws his coat up onto that top shelf where the uh -huh. box is. Oh, okay. so he's not funny. really hanging his coat. No, he's just throwing it. It's just a funny sight gag. <laughs> and he grabs the box that Miriam uh, brought in and he shakes it. And he says, I hope it's not a smoking jacket. There's only <laughs> one thing I hate more than a smoking jacket. A birthday party with a theme. And the way he, the way he uh, uh, spells it out, it's so ominous. A birthday party <laughs> yeah. with a theme. Right, because he knows everything Felix is up to. <laughs> and then he hands the box to Felix, and then we, the opening credits kick in. Uh, so after the opening credits, we get this clip. The Odd Couple was filmed in front of a live audience. Felix, I'm warning you. Try to throw a surprise party for me. I'm going to throw a surprise funeral for you. Uh, here it comes. Look at this. Mr. Martyr. Now he's hurt. If Felix gave a, gave a surprise party for me, I'd be tickled to death. Good, you can have my birthday. Every party he throws for me is embarrassing. He never surprises me. I'm always ahead of him. And when I try to act surprised, he says I'm not convincing. Well, you're never effervescent or bubbly enough. You were never effervescent and bubbly. Throw a surprise party for a bottle of seltzer. Does that mean you don't want a party? Miriam, you tell him, will you? You can do it without hitting. No party! <laughs> Thanks. Well, that's that. Now we'll be totally surprised. Now we must come up with a theme that will make this an unforgettable party. You can't be serious. You just heard him. I heard him. I heard him. I hear him every year. Last year I even complied with his wishes. I didn't give him a party. Was he happy? He said he was. He went out. He stayed out all night. He said he had a ball. Maybe he did. I know better. I know the Madison mind. Deep within, there's a small, pathetic voice saying, Surprise me! Throw me a party, Felix! You know how! Why'd you get the jacket? Why, you want to take it back? No, I want to get a pair of pants to match. So the gag there is this hideous <laughs> that has, like, tinsel, tinsel, like, sewn it on is it. Already a gaudy, checkered, sort of purple and pink striped smoking jacket, but the lapels are like flashing with this uh, sequence or something. And so are, the, so are the sleeve. <laughs> like it's a joke jacket. It feels like a, a kind of a gag jacket. But, almost. but that, anyway, it is a funny sight gag. I know, but all right. But Felix bought him a real smoking jacket, not a sight gag. Right. So that's what Felix thinks is in, or is wait? Didn't didn't Miriam pick it up? But I, no, Miriam says I bought exactly what you told me to buy. Oh, 
Unless, Maybe there's some okay, stamp. so right. So either way, so either Felix told what to buy or Miriam said, go hmm. pick out a smoky jacket for Oscar. Either right. one, they both have terrible taste is what we're taking away from this. Well, there could be a subtext to the joke that is that, uh, that uh, Miriam does being a woman, of course, and smoking jackets are worn by manly men, uh, maybe did not really have a sense of what a smoking jacket should be. But also odd is that Oscar's Oscar's joke about getting a pair of pants to the match does not seem sarcastic to me. No, no, he likes delivered it. it sarcastically. Right? right, he likes it, which is the joke that he likes this hideous thing. Right. But what doesn't make sense is that it wasn't bought as a joke, it seems. Right. But which implies that Felix and or Miriam have bad taste in clothing, which is, I think, throughout the essence of who they are, we're supposed to not believe that's true. So that's where I'm a little confused. Like I'm going with the theory that that Miriam got the wrong smoking jacket. Okay. And yeah. Felix knows this and says that. That's why you want to take it back, right? So the next scene, we see Oscar standing outside a building, looking for a taxi, which is. It's like a five-second clip designed to show the audience, I guess, that he's leaving the apartment. Yeah, so because the, the, it's important to know that he's the coast is clear right. for the next. They don't need this clip. Felix could simply say to the next scene, Oscar's gone to work. The problem this creates is he's standing outside, not 1049 Park Avenue, and they have not moved. Let's just get out of the way. They've not moved well, to... The San Remo, he's studying in 145 Central Park West, which is the building he's standing in front of, is the San Remo, which is a very famous building. Garrett, you have some color you want to yeah. share on well, it? Yeah, well, you see, Ted, what, what you may be missing here is that, so you saw the address in the, yes. in the shot. Yeah. Okay. What you're what you're maybe missing, though, is that you're we're seeing the building now from street level. Yes. But it is the Central Park West yes. location. Yeah, I get that. Okay, so right. this is the building they've been using the establishing shots for all season now. Yeah. And um, it, and it, you're right, it is the San Remo. And I'm very, uh, our friend Lee on uh, Facebook uh, drew my attention to the interesting fact that not only is it the San Remo, but that Tony Randall lived right. at the San Remo right. at, at the time of filming this. Uh, and I, once he suggested that I, I did some quick research and found a couple of uh, confirmations, definitely, that he lived there and that the building was used uh, for location shots. But no one put those two facts together in the way that I'm about to now, which is that my theory as to why they- I, I, I bet- this establishing but, shot. Uh, but I'm gonna let you say it. I'm gonna say that I bet you have the same theory I do. So go. I'll tell you when you're talking. You're taking credit okay. from my theory, okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm saying I want to have partial yes. credit for the theory. Uh, you say it, and I will right. say honestly or not if I say that's the same theory I have. Okay. So uh, it seems to me per, for some reason, maybe there's some question about whether they could continue to use 1049 after the first two seasons. But Tony Randall's gone, I live in a nice New York apartment building. Why don't we do them here? Because I live here and then I don't have to go anywhere. Oh, that's not the same He's theory. Basically, working from home. I have a different theory. Shots. Or he, you know, because he has an in with the building. That's the theory. So I that's have. my theory. Okay. My theory is that 1049 Park Avenue no longer wanted to be featured, although they're still in the credits. They are still featured. Let's but that they were getting too much traffic from people. And yeah. Tony Randall cleared it with the co op board because these are co op buildings. Right. Good and point. got permission to film there. 
you're right. He would have the clout yes. you know, to be able to do that. I don't. And I think what 1049 might have, they don't mind being in the shot still, but all those establishing shots we're familiar with from 1049 were done early on. They kept reusing them a lot. And if they wanted, what we see here in season three is doing a lot more of them. They're doing a whole bunch of new establishing shots. And what they don't want is the crew and the stars, now that it's not a hit show, but it's a known show, it would be a distraction, perhaps. Maybe the co-op board did not like the idea of more film crews and more attention being, uh, things blocking blocking the doorway in a building like that where people have got to walk their dogs, get their dry cleaning, all that important Park Avenue stuff. My point is, it's when they show the establishing shot of it, that's one thing, because maybe no one's, it's a little harder to tell it's not the same building. But when you're showing an address uh, of a new building, when you have an, yeah. an opening credits that features an address, there's not that scene is completely unnecessary. There's no okay, reason to show that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I didn't notice the, the, the building number, but that is a mistake, right? They should not have shown, because all the other establishing shots are just sort of panning yeah. down from the top of the building where if you don't know New York very well, it could very well be the same building. But why but take once the time you, and effort to even film it? I don't like from a financial point of view, there, it was an uh, unnecessary establishing shot is my point. Well, again, I mean, as we'll see, it, it's not hundred percent necessary, but the idea is that now that Oscar is left, Felix can, 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 can uh, continue to, can, can commence the thing he's about to commence. But my point is he, he could say at the top of the scene, yeah. Oscar's gone to work. Let's get to work, everybody. Well, you know, it's funny. I think the reason why we're talking about establishing shots so much is that I, as I understand, when I read Gary Marshall's uh, book, that he really wanted, because they weren't filming in New York, he was kind of making up for that by using, going out and filming establishing shots and, and uh, location shots to use as much as possible in the series because he wanted it to have an, an authentic New York feeling. So, that's, okay. That's he a, seems like it's, and we're getting a lot of new shots. We've noticed this in other episodes, like Felix do, taking pictures of the models. Yes, and right. I guess those made sense because yeah, that I get. Also, we should say though, San Remo is a very, very famous building in New York. It's it's legendary for who's lived there. It's very expensive. Yeah. It's like a it's one of the also the idea that these two guys live in that building is also ridiculous. It is way too expensive, right? And there was a funny article in the Times that was one of my sources for this that not from not too long ago, but that like just revisited like the buildings that both 1049 and this and said it would be what would they would cost today yeah. and how I'll way out of the price range of two divorced, you know, mildly employed uh, <laughs> guys. Um, you know, what's also funny what I, I didn't believe Tony Randall lived there first because I always associated him with the, uh, the, the one on 81st street, the other famous central park West celebrity building. You know what I'm talking about? Is it the Beresford? Is that what it's called? Uh, the one on 81st, uh, right you know, across from Museum of Natural History. Uh, and, and for some reason, I thought I had known that Tony Randall lived there along with the celebrities there. And it turns out he moved. He lived in San Remo uh, from the 50, 60s through the 70s and then moved up to the uh, that is the Beresford I think you're talking Beresford about Beresford yeah. in the 80s so I was right um, so we now see Oscar and Murray in Oscar's room oh, sorry Felix and Murray are in Oscar's room Felix has red rubber gloves on and he says let's start hunting Murray <laughs> he has to wear like surgical gloves you know to, to uh, it's like a COVID thing right to go into Oscar's room 
And Felix starts looking under Oscar's sheets and Murray starts looking in the closet and Felix pulls out from under the covers of the bed, a six pack of beer that still has the plastic rings around it, (laughs) keeping all the beers together, but all the tabs are open and all the cans are empty. And he stares at them and he says, they're all empty. How does he drink like this? (laughs) Murray then gets on the floor and starts looking and he says to Felix, what am I looking for? And Felix says, I don't know. Murray says, do I know? And Felix says, no, Murray, neither of us knows. We're looking for something that will give us the theme for the surprise party. They keep looking now on the floor and Felix starts honking from the dust and the dirt. And Felix then finds a book, which inside has a half a sandwich in, 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 in between two pages. And Felix says, isn't this nice? Petrified tuna. And he looks at the book cover and says, James K. Polk High School. This is it. Oscar's high school, high school yearbook. This will give us the theme for the party. So now we have a new scene. Can I just ask you though, if the tuna fish was in the high school yearbook? Yes. <laughs> is it possibly implied? When was the last time Oscar looked at his high school yearbook? I wonder. Well, that well, that's why he says petrified, I guess. Yeah, that's pretty petrified. It is possible Oscar did look at his yearbook recently for some reason and was. I mean, after all, what's it doing in his room? Right. So now we have a new scene, which is establishing shot of the San Remo. And then we have a few sentences uh, that are voiceover. And Felix says, we're all here to plan a surprise party for Oscar. Where's Myrna? And Miriam says, did you tell her my apartment, not yours? And Felix says, of course. Now, this is is what I was talking about, establishing dialogue to say where you are that you don't need (laughs) to go film. So now we're in the living room of Miriam's apartment, which, by the way, I think we never, ever know what Miriam does for a living correct i can't think of anything now um but you know, there's a lot about Miriam we don't know um and the period the apartment's very blue and inside we see felix miriam murray who has a plate of appetizers he's looking over and then a man we've never seen before and the doorbell rings and Myrna comes in and Myrna says hi to everyone and to this new man she says hi new person without a wedding ring and mm-hmm. felix says that is monroe the super son and he's played by Andrew Rubin, who made two appearances in Odd Couple as his character, Monroe. So my, now, I'm, now I have a theory. Oh, okay, please. And tell you me. could tell me if you have the same theory or if you maybe have thought it. I, I have a theory assume, too, so I'm going to be listening closely. See. I always assumed that they wanted to kind of create a new recurring character, maybe a younger kind of hipper. I thought maybe Chico and the Man had inspired this, but this is before Chico and the Man because mm. his character is played as a Hispanic. Um, but I just assumed they wanted to try to introduce a younger male recurring character and that just ultimately it didn't work out. They tried twice and they moved on. Um, I agree totally with your theory. And it's funny that you say that he's, that Monroe is Hispanic because I always thought that too. And I, but when we, well, you're going to go in, you're going to talk about the actor now? Well, the actor is not, but there is a, in the next episode, he's called Monroe Hernandez. Right. He is yes. laid, not in this one, but in the second time. Yes. Like they, they, they were there. Maybe that's when they decide he's Hispanic uh, the second time. But um, it is odd. Well, as you'll, right. Okay. Well, let's talk about right, Andy So Rubin. he's played by Andrew Rubin. That's the character, that's the actor's name. Uh, he uh, he did uh, a bunch of other 70s and 80s TV shows. He was in a, a good number of regular, like he was a regular in a bunch of series, just they all failed. 
he was in Police Academy. I think his most famous role, he plays Cadet Martin in the first Police Academy. And then apparently he became like kind of like a nomad with his wife and he ended up living with Aborigines in Australia. Wow. Well, That's that in his is... bio. And he died very young. He died in 2015. At the age of? 50 something. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. And so a Andy Rubin is a, a nice Jewish boy. Literally he, and I can guess his bio goes into that in his past too, that he started acting at Jewish community center in uh, Massachusetts. Um, and, but here's the funny thing. Uh, so I did look up to see, wait, is Monroe Latino? And I saw the Hernandez reference, but then I started noticing and reading about him that the police Academy character has a bit. Now, I don't, I, I don't know if I ever saw the police Academy movie or any of them. Did you? I saw them originally. I saw the first two when they came to the theater. So but do I, you, I saw a reference to his character in police Academy. Uh, which was kind of prominent, apparently, where his thing, the character's shtick, is that he tries to pretend to be Latino to pick up women. Oh. So I thought that was weird. Maybe and that then in, look, yeah. in looking at his credits, uh, one of the series he was in as a regular was Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, where his character is Jesus Herrera. Well, that's, I guess that's like Bill Dana, who used to play his, um, Jose yeah, Jimenez. Right. It's like, this is a guy who made his, but life. here we have, so, so Andrew Rubin, uh, because I mean, he has these kind of dark features and he has a yeah. big fro, yeah. turns out to a Jew fro. And, um, and it's very, so he, he's great, great, but that was how his typecasting in the, in the seventies. Um, you know, it's too, it's too bad. They didn't make a go of it, but, uh, also, I, I really don't remember Monroe say, ever saying anything funny in either of these two episodes. No, he's very much of a straight man. They really so don't try very much. That may be why it didn't work out. That's just Maybe they, you know, as they, they're teasing us as like a romantic interest for Myrna. And I think in the other episode, he has an exchange with Myrna. I think that's There's, right. Maybe they're trying to make something happen there. But let me ask you one last question about this character. He is the super's son. Yes. They say. Right, who's which, not, which who's also, not Hernandez. Which also backs up your theory that... Um, maybe they want less Herbie Fay. <laughs> right. The network's saying less old Jewish men and but more young Latino men. We get more of Herbie Fay later. So Oh, I see. So but maybe there was an impulse to replace, you know, the old uh super with this young kid. Uh but on top of all that, why is the super son have to be involved in Oscar's surprise birthday party? Doesn't he's, he's not a friend he's not a friend of the family. I know, maybe Felix befriended him. Gave him yeah, cookies. Apparently. He gives Murray cookies. Apparently. So Felix says, now that the social amenities are out of the way, we can start the meeting. And Murray says, eeny, meeny, miny, oatmeal. I think I have an oatmeal when he's trying to pick a cookie out of this. That's what the appetizers were. I think they were cookies, not appetizers. Felix says, excellent decision, Murray, sarcastically, <laughs> which leads to our second clip. Now, Myrna, Miriam, Murray, Monroe, myself. <laughs> I think I've come up with a great theme for Oscar's party, and if I say so myself, it's a biggie. But I can't tell you about it till the night of the party. Now, you all must help me with this plan. How do we help you with the plan if we don't know the plan? You'll see. You'll each have a job to do. Each of you must find out something about Oscar's life, but nobody tells anybody else what he's found out, or else we self-destruct. <laughs> Myrna, your job is to find out everything you can about Oscar's childhood from birth to age 10. All right. I'll just look for a teddy bear with ketchup stains. 
21 to 30. Find out everything you can. Uh, well, what do I do? Just go up and ask him? No, you, you talk to him. You're subtle. You use your ingenuity. Well, I don't have to go into his room, do I? <laughs> what? Murray, you find out everything you can from 11 to 20. I got the puberty section. <laughs> the boxing story heavyweight muddle heavyweight i create you correct i can't correct the foreign language <laughs> i'm sorry mr madison but i wanted to remind you about filling out your new payroll form you haven't done it yet wait a minute will you? i'm trying to finish another story you want to write a story or get paid all right let's hurry up come on i want a beer Okay, first, your place of birth. Our Lady of the Angels Hospital, Philadelphia. What's the attendant and physician's name? Dr. Max Greenbaum. Was it a normal birth? <laughs> no, I was spawned upstream. Payroll wants this information, not me. What was your fondest memories between ages one and ten? The summer of eight. I'm serious. Who was your best friend at that time? Chubby London. He was... Wait a minute, what's that got to do with the payroll? It must be a credit check. <laughs> I gave Chubby back his marbles. Now, what's going on here? Let me see the book. What's going on here, Mr. Madison? What are you so suspicious about? Everyone your age is always so suspicious. Like, I'm a devious person. I'm not a devious person, am I? No. And it's my lunch hour. And I'm, I'm out lunching, and I'll be back after I lunch. I hate suspicious people. Hey, Oscar, did you know I've been studying to become a detective? No, I didn't. How's it going? Well, last week I flunked disguises. <laughs> I don't understand it. Uh... <laughs> Everybody knew it was me. <laughs> Must be your walk. This week, we're taking interrogation lessons. Hey, could I practice on you? Sure, make me talk. Okay. <laughs> All right, Madison, sit down. <laughs> Where were you on the night, June 14th, 1942? 1942. You heard me. I want the street. I want the truth of none of your lying stories. Now, where were you? I don't remember. Oh, that's better. <laughs> now, who was your best friend in high school? Chubby Lenders. Wait a minute. Why does everybody ask me about my child? I don't know. Sit down, Mary. Please, sit down. Sit Murray, I want you to tell me... Felix made me do it! I didn't want to do it! I'm a nice guy! I did not think you! You might think about your childhood! I'm telling you to do it! It's about to surprise, buddy! Please, Oscar, give me a break! Let me off the hook! You're a tough nut to crack, Murray. The way Murray cracks there is yeah, so hilarious. great. It may be one of his best scenes. Yeah. Uh, some other notes. We get another... Biggie from Felix. Maybe our fourth. Everything's fifth, a biggie maybe, with him. Maybe our fourth or fifth one. The self-destruct reference, if people don't know, is from Mission Impossible, which was in its final season. It was still on oh. the air at this point, so that became you know that was a big pop culture buzzword for those 
seven years the show was on and even and of now. course i believe it was the tape that would self-destruct yes, a person day. right exactly but that's clearly a reference to that um when oscar says the line about no i was spawned upstream there's some woman in the audience who's just laughs way too hard <laughs> did you wow. notice that no, I did not notice that. So uh, she just, she screams and then another woman cackles. It's like, it, it's not that funny line, but somebody, there's a small group of the audience. Yeah. Maybe they some, wrote the joke. Some uh, fish enthusiast. Or, or that. Um, and of course, there's a visual gag in there when Murray says, I'm practicing with disguises. It's because he puts on a, one of those giant nose schnoz glasses, which <laughs> looks just like Murray's nose. Right. So there's no disguise there. That's a very funny, that particular scene is a funny scene. And I think I looked for this, the, the, the closed captioning says that it, I always thought it was Chubby Lenders or Chubby London. That's the mm -hmm. best friend. Mm -hmm. This name sticks in my head. It, clearly it's not resonating with you. According to closed captioning, it's Chubby Lendis, L-E-N-D-I-S. And when I, looked, I thought he was saying something like Chubby Lenderson or Henderson. No, there's no Chubby the, Lenderson. Okay. There's too many syllables. It's either <laughs> London or Lenders, I thought, because I, I know this episode really well. I love the whole thing of how he figures out there's something going on is through this Chubby Lenders <laughs> request. That is great, yeah. And but I think it's Chubby Lendis. So now we another have character to the Odd Couple Extended Universe. Um, can I one more thing uh, about yeah. Oscar's answers there to Myrna, especially? Let's point out Jack Klugman really born in Philadelphia. Oh, okay, I did not know that. And I didn't have time to look this up, but uh, if it's look upable, but uh, it makes me wonder whether those details about the hospital and the delivering physician could be from his own biography. It would not surprise me if Klugman incorporated that. Well, there's a big also problem that comes up later regarding his early childhood. And are you saying like where he went to high no, school? No, where he grew no, up? no. Oh, I mean age-wise? No, it's about another person in his family. I'm not going to get, we'll get to it. All right, we'll get there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, the whole idea I did not, I purposely am not <laughs> talking about was Oscar really born in Philadelphia? Because I don't, I'm sure something contradicts it. Or if it we doesn't... had some reference to Toledo or something, right? Oh yeah, there was a Toledo. Another, his mom, his mother living in Toledo. Oh yeah, because in the episode where his mother comes about the divorce. Yeah, I don't know. This this part this of- This is the first time Oscar has been, is was born in Philadelphia. Um, so the new scene, so now Oscar's leaning on the rail by the entryway and you know, in an unhappy mood, waiting for Felix. Felix walks in and says in an upbeat tone, there, like he, you know, Felix this here, there he is, Mr. <laughs> Sports Writer. Look at him, ready to go, get him, aren't you? Feeling like a million. And then before he can finish, Oscar says, uh, shut up. And Felix says, you don't mean that. I know you don't mean that. Oscar moves closer towards Felix aggressively. And Felix says, what? This sudden hostility, what is it? Oscar says, it's not sudden, it's been building up for years. I know about your so-called surprise party and the secret meeting of the Macaroon Society, which <laughs> that, I don't, I didn't look There must be a reference Maybe there. It's so. a reference. Uh, I'm warning you for the last time, Felix, drop the whole thing. Felix pretends not to know what he's talking about. This is all on your fevered imagination. I told you there's no surprise party. Oscar says, like, you told me you're only moving in two weeks, 50 years ago. Felix says, Oscar, if you don't want me to stay, just tell me. And Oscar says, I tell you every <laughs> month. Now the doorbell rings. Felix tells the person to come in. The door is open. By the way, the logic of when the door is open and not open is not. Yeah, 
is ridiculous. Miriam comes in, Miriam comes in and Felix says, well, Miriam, my former friend, see, former friend, not former girlfriend, come down to reminisce. And Miriam says, no, I've got to talk to you. Felix says, really? Feeling a little guilty? Miriam says, no, I just think you should know that Murray spilled the beans. Felix says, oh, it was Murray who cracked. Miriam says, yes. And Oscar offered Monroe $5 to tell him your party plans. And Felix says, well, he's barking up the wrong tree there. Monroe has character, enough to turn down a bribe offer. Miriam says, Monroe wants to know how much you're willing to offer not to tell. <laughs> now, I don't understand why Felix suspected Miriam right off the bat. Like that, I think, was a little... Yeah, not fair. Not fair, right. Felix says, what about Myrna? She was supposed to call me. Myrna, uh, Miriam says, she called me. She got a few things and then lost her notes. She turned them into the payroll department, which references the <laughs> earlier... Funny. Yeah. Felix says, it's hard to get good spies. And Miriam says, oh, I just feel awful for you. Felix says, well, how do you think I feel? All I want to do is show Oscar a good time. Now Oscar comes out and asks Felix where his clean socks are. And Felix says, you don't have any, you buy them dirty, which gets an applause break from the audience. I don't think it deserves it. Funny line, but doesn't deserve applauses. An applause. Oscar's mother then calls from Paris which is good continuity because it implies she's back on the round the world. You're tour. right. You're right. And this is only like two or three episodes. Yes. So it's... I was impressed at that. And Felix asks what hotel she's staying at. While Oscar's talking to her, Felix shouts that out. And Oscar says the plaza. And then he pulls Miriam aside. Felix pulls Miriam aside and says he found his spy, the French Connection. So the French Connection was released one year earlier as a mm -hmm. movie. So also very much in the pop culture zeitgeist. It was number one at the box office for seven weeks. I'll have you know. Now we go to break. So we have new scene. And then there's this unnecessary scene where the phone rings. Felix thinks it's Oscar's mom, but it's Miriam. Miriam. And he tells her he has to hang up and he needs the phone free. But why? I don't even understand why that scene exists. I guess it's to tell us yeah. he's waiting for Oscar's exactly. mother to call, but. It's just a easy way to establish that Felix is waiting by the phone. And I, I'm saying at, at a time, and of course, pre-call waiting, you know, if you're waiting by the phone, right. you gotta can't let anyone else be calling you. You're saying it's easy. I'm saying it's contrived, or I guess it could be both. Maybe uh, lazy. Oscar walks in, and now Felix hides the phone from him, which leads to uh, our next clip. Oscar, Oscar, your memory for names is astounding. <laughs> but I, I thought you had a date with Crazy Rhoda with the overbite. You're back so early. I did. She had to go to the dentist. The dentist at nine o'clock at night? She broke a tooth opening a bottle of beer. <laughs> Crazy Rhoda. <laughs> You're back so early. It's not that early. It's nine o'clock. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's not, that's not early at all, is it? It's late. Oh, what? Hey. Oh, boy, I didn't realize I was so bushed. Huh? Wow. Oh. oh. I guess I'll turn in. You look bushed, too. You got to turn in? No, I'm not tired. Well, you were just yawning. I'm yawning because you were yawning. I was, I was yawning because you look so tired. Well, why did you go to bed? Because it's too early. I... Why is the pillow ringing? Nothing. No, 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 no,
It's a wrong number. How do you know it's a wrong number? Some silly woman's been calling all day. Let me straighten her out. It's a wrong number. Call back. You can cut the act, Felix. I know exactly what you're doing. You do? Yeah. You're expecting a call from a girl you didn't want me to know. You're afraid I'll tell Miriam or Gloria, right? I can't fool you. Uh, you don't have to worry about me, buddy. I'll just go in my bedroom. You won't hear a peep out of me, huh? You little devil. Don't worry, I'll read a book. At least one of us will get lucky tonight, huh? You animal, you. I can't help myself. Felix Unger, fate is on your side. Hello? Don't get it, you tiger! Right on. Yes, yes. Hello, Mrs. Madison. Thanks very much for calling me back. Listen, I'm throwing a surprise party for your son. Yes, Oscar. And, and I want a few quick questions. Who was his childhood sweetheart? Who was his best friend? Who was his idol? Well, besides you. So we have another overbite reference, which isn't always the crazy word of Zimmerman. I don't understand why. Uh, there was, the, I think the last time they mentioned crazy Rhoda, they, they gave her an overbite, even though they described other desirable women that way. Um, my theory on the overbite thing is that um, before braces, uh <laughs> it would be more noticeable and therefore kind of a quirky you know way to set someone apart from others look looks wise and so at this it's, point does either one of them have to say anything more than crazy rota we don't yeah, need don't, crazy rota with the overbite you know what we should be doing we should be counting the crazy rota references because they um all right well when we're done anyway. I, I have you're bringing up a topic that I'll just discuss with you in front of everybody. At some point, we will have completed all of the episodes, and I've started to think about what are what will we continue to do with this podcast. And I have some ideas, and now you've added another one. There you go. Oh well, um, we'll gee, have a list of different. This things. is the first I've heard about this. Uh, tell the world, yes. Well, we'll we'll, we'll do how number of crazy rotas. We'll do an episode, or you know, oh, other right. counts of how many big, keep going. How many crazy rotas, and then we'll do an episode on all the inconsistencies. Yeah. Like uh, by the way. When Felix is talking to Oscar's mother, and Oscar's in the other room, and Felix doesn't yeah. want, he's talking too yeah. loud. This is a common problem in theater and sitcoms, yes. Practically, it wouldn't work. And speaking of Oscar's mother, I don't want to be a killjoy, but they've established, I noticed it was dark outside the window. They established it was nine o'clock. It would be like 3 a.m. in Paris. Maybe she's um, a night owl. <laughs> Yes, that's also that would make it kind of rude for Felix to be calling her that. And one more thing about Crazy Rhoda, I love Crazy Rhoda with the overbite. Yes, well, yeah. is the the whole thing about she hurt herself, broke a tooth, <laughs> biting the 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 cap off the beer bottle. She opens the beers with her mouth. Yeah. So is that one of the one of the skills you have with an overbite? But it, oh, it also, right. yeah. it also, so I don't know whether the overbite is essential for that joke, but it's also such a crude portrait of her that she's like this. Whoa. I think every portrait of this. Sailor at a bar, like is, shooting, she's, fighting she's, bottle cap. She's promiscuous. She's got an overbite. She's, she's uh, dumb, I think, maybe. Very crude mannered. Uh, yes. 
Uh, so now we have a new scene. Oh, sorry, oh, one yes. more. Yes, sorry, yes. one more question. Was this the scene? You, uh, you, I don't. Was this the scene when Oscar came home that they show the cab pulling up? Because there, if it's if it's this whether That's it's this one or the next one. Avenue. Exactly. Yes. They're still using that shot, shot. Yeah, that's where shot. you can't see the the, the number on awning, yeah. but it's because it's at night. So and it's an old shot. This, yeah. yeah. New scene. Oh no, I just right. My next sentence. New scene. Cab pulls up to building and Oscar walks oh, in. Oh, there you so go. There you right go. Yes. He throws he throws a new Didn't he just come home? Oh, it's the next. So it's like it's the, the next, next day. day. It's like another day. He this must be his real birthday day now. He cab right, pulls up to the right. building, Oscar walks in. He throws newspapers, his hat, and his jacket on the floor. He dumps an entire paper bag of peanuts on the coffee table, completely loose, which floods the coffee table and falls on the floor. He moves the TV. He opens a can of beer that's still in the plastic rings, just like Oscar's field yes. sound. I just want to give a kudos to that setup of that joke. That first Felix finds the empty six pack and wonders, how does he drink it? And now we're going to see. But here's the only thing that bothers me. He tries to take the can off the rings first. Oh. And then he drinks it because he can't get it off which oh. I don't believe. I wish he had just opened it that way without trying to yeah. take it off. Hmm. Uh, and then, and he, when he does that, so we, when he drinks the beer that way, the audience applauds, gets another applause break there. He lies down to watch TV and then Felix walks in, um, and which gives this clip. Today, big guy, great little guy, nice and quiet. No surprises, and that's the way it's going to stay. You bet. This is your birthday, huh? Did that girl call you back? I do not think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made some very interesting plans. We'll be able to see a lot more of each other now that our massage parlor is closed. Look at it. Look at that birthday boy. Look at that picture. You know what I'd like to do? I'd like to make a portrait of you at my studio for your birthday. Sure, then everybody will jump out of nooks and crannies and say, surprise, surprise! No, I get it, no, Felix. No. I'm celebrating my birthday watching television, The Outlaw, and I'm going to drink some beer. No, you don't mean it. You don't mean it. You mean it. Do, do you mind, please? Oh, 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 Oscar, oh, oh, something, something hurts. I mean, my medicine. My medicine's at the studio. You better, you better help me. Jesus, get out of the way, will you? It's my birthday. I'm going to do what I want to do. You know something? You're a selfish man. What are you talking about? Never mind. You're not interested. You're right. Selfish guy. Selfish, selfish, selfish. Phoenix, will you cut it out? I don't like people that talk to themselves when I'm in the room. Now, what is it? You're a selfish man. This party isn't for you. It's for everybody waiting there at the studio for you to arrive so they can jump up and yell, happy birthday, and their little hearts will beat a little bit faster and there'll be some excitement in their humdrum lives. That's the truth. That's who the party's for, your friends. You know something, Felix? For once in your life, you're right. That's the best argument I ever heard for doing something I hate. You're right, I'll go to the studio. Let's get dressed. Come on, come on, come on. I will go. <laughs> you know what? what? I'm gonna do some of the best surprise acting you ever saw. Show me, show me. Oh, what a surprise! <laughs> Act, uh, try humble. humble. Humble, yeah. Oh, I don't deserve this genius. No, no, no. I, I think bubbly is better. Bubbly, bubbly yeah. Oh, what oh. a surprise! Oh, I can't. I can't. I can't. Gee, 
days, I don't know why we have to come down to your studio. Did you hear who was born? The, you go ahead and say it. The brother? Yes, Oscar's brother, who seriously no missing from all this. Never's referenced. I do not believe Oscar has a brother. And so that line is part of, I think that's a, such a crystal example of yeah. the inconsistencies of this show. Yeah. This, and this, this is, I mean, of course, because this episode is now rewriting Oscar's whole life story yes right, right. the whole point of this is this is your life i i love how they just gonna they're arbitrarily gonna it's not even necessary you just have to say <laughs> that line it's like again they're throwing plot inconsistencies right to not benefit anything like there's no reason for her to say that so the i you're, love you're, you're, so are you pausing here no the, that's the end of the clip we're not playing the rest i'm we're going to describe because oh. most of everything else is visual so yeah. Uh, we just ended the clip there because uh, we'll, we'll talk about everything else. Um, so I love Oscar's surprise acting. You know, the, yes. oh, what a surprise. What a, gee, uh, yeah. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, I love that scene. Um, Felix has an actual book that says, This is Your Life. And of course, the Arthur O'Reilly is played by Hal Smith, who was in Surprise, Surprise as Sherman the Clown. We did say at the time yeah. that he was in both birthday party episode right apparently he only did birthday parties yes and here he is he's got a smaller role here of course but he was sherman the clown so after arthur sits down uh i love how uh they even found well, <laughs> it's it's did a lot of yeah. resourceful work in 24 yes. hours how do you find the drunk <laughs> at the 
soda I shop in 19... calling the salty soda shop right and the off chance that salty is there but to find the guy who fixed the jukebox machine which is a very funny line uh is a bit of a stretch so arthur sits down and oscar says he's a he's predicting embarrassment bilks pushes oscar to sit down in a special chair that says happy birthday oscar above it so we asked oscar if he remembers his first childhood sweetheart they promised each other when they grew up, they'd get married. And now Oscar sounds excited. And he says, is Judy Skelton here? And Felix says, Judy Skelton in the flesh. And out comes a heavyset woman who hugs Oscar. And he says, hey, Judy, you lost weight, which always struck me as a cheap yeah. joke. Yeah. So did they have the joke? So they said, oh, we have to go hire a chubby actress. Well, they hired the actress and then they did the joke. Well, look, she does nothing else. I don't think she thinks she has any lines. So she does nothing so else. The joke came than, first. Then be overweight. You yeah. believe, right? The yeah. joke came first. So she's yeah. played by Mickey Fox. She's on four odd couple episodes. This is her first. And everything else that she's credited for is stuff I've never heard of. Uh, Felix says he has tickets for them to go ice skating all week at Rockefeller Plaza. He then says, now we've come to the piece de resistance. And he asks Oscar if he remembers this sound. And we hear tap dancing. Oscar says no. Felix says, here she is, Oscar Madison, the deep, dark secret of your early youth. Your <laughs> dancing teacher from the Langley Tippy Tap Dancing School, Mrs. Irene Langley. Now Oscar has a very embarrassed look on his face and out comes a tap dancing older lady who, and I did not really ever register this or know this, that's Gary Marshall's mother, Marjorie, Gary wow. and Marshall's Marjorie, wow. playing the tap dancer. This was her first of two odd couples. She was also on Happy Days with Laverne and Shirley. And according to Penny Marshall's book about her mother called My Mother Was Nuts. In the title, My in Mother the title, Was Nuts. She says <laughs> that her mother was a very odd person. She would say weird and very harsh things. She had a love of teaching dance but wa and wanted to be a dancer, but wasn't able to. She taught Penny, who got very good, which explains what we brought up last week. Yes, we were all wondering right, about the, the tap yeah. dancing thing. But yeah, I guess Penny Marshall was a good tap dancer and her mother taught her to to, to tap and uh she says the first signs of her mother in the book she says the first signs of her mother's alzheimer's was when she was on the odd couple and she just wasn't quite there it has to be well i guess it doesn't have to be this episode but it could have been this episode. it looks okay. okay to me right um she also says that when she did with vernon show in happy days she could tap but she could not remember her lines so that's that's interesting. We'll see her later in the episode where I think uh, Felix and Oscar worry about getting old. Ah, I think that's where we see her again. Yeah. So Felix says, and now for the cherry on the Sunday, the moment we've been waiting for, you will relive your fabulous, your unforgettable Shirley Temple dance. And Felix <laughs> hands him a pair of tap shoes, a cane, which is his original cane. Somehow he got that, <laughs> even though his mother's in Paris, somehow... His house in Toledo or Philadelphia. Broke into the Toledo house. Uh, and he gives him a Shirley, he puts a Shirley Temple wig on him. Everyone applauds, not the audience, but the group that's there, which is Monroe and Miriam, the, the M's, Monroe, Miriam, yeah, Murray, Myrna. Oscar's very embarrassed. He makes some very half-hearted dancing hands. And Felix says, I've got you, didn't I? And they all go to toast, they all go to the punch bowl to toast Oscar, which is in the front of the room. By the way, this is all in Felix's studio. I don't know if we right. painted that picture. Uh, but while Get they're going to this dark room, 
Well, oh, that's right. Yeah, he says the dark one. While they go to get punch, Oscar scoots out from like he walks out behind them, and they don't see him leave. Uh, yes. Before you leave the scene, yes. uh, let's just mention that uh, Mrs. Marshall's uh, tap dance routine is interrupted oh, on yes. the official uh, parent, new Paramount uh, cut of the episode because yet another musical uh, rights that they didn't want to pay. Right. So the song that she's tap dancing to. Murray uh, we playing hear. something on ukulele. We, right. Our right. friend Lee. And so it just showed them. they even are not going to pay the rights for something that is just being played in the background. So now we are at a new scene. Oscar comes home uh, after leaving the the um, the party. Now somehow he must have gone somewhere else because Felix is already at home with a cake waiting for him. Yeah, right. So I don't. Oscar obviously didn't go straight home, and that leads to our final clip. Hi, Felix. I'm sorry I ran out like that, but if I'd have stayed, I'd have to punch you right in the nose. <laughs> Why didn't you do it? I always try to do great big things, and they always end up rotten. But why do you try so hard? Why? Why? Because I'm a nut. I'm an obsessive person. That's why. I try so hard to make people happy, and I always rule. No, no. Always. Oh, yes, God. always. Once I made my mother a beautiful bed lamp, but I crossed the wires and I blew up her night ticket. <laughs> Cheer up. Look, light the candle, I'll blow it out, and go to bed. Would you do that for sure. me? Sure. You can even sing a chorus of Happy Birthday, but only one chorus. Really? Sure. Okay. Okay. You ready? ready? Blow out the candle. who have served time in jail. Oh, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. Well, good night, birthday boy. Good night, Mr. Surprise Party. I really fooled you. Yep. <laughs> so at the end, everyone is in hiding in Oscar's room, which must be gross yeah under all that stuff yes um and that's the kind end of lame tag and that it's just I, redundant from the what they I just don't did. have i disagree i mean i to me it's not lame i don't know it fits well i think the first time i remember seeing this episode however young i was i think i remember being surprised by that yeah. ending so well it's a fine line between being lazy and repeating the same joke that they just did and that kind of humor where you, you, you don't think we can repeat this joke? We're going to repeat it again. I Surprise. think it works for me. <laughs> yeah. I like this episode a lot. It's I just think it's fun. I, I love a lot of the moments. I like the big cast. Um, 
and like there's you know Murray cracking up the way Oscar tries to be humble the whole tap dancing thing and Oscar being embarrassed uh, so I have it as four out of five Murray's hmm. um, I kind of like it I like the yeah you know, it's good I'm glad you mentioned the big cast it's like everyone is in it the whole gang yeah uh, even Monroe Murray, Murray and with the new <laughs> new yeah. added yes new and improved gang with added extra monroe um uh so that's nice to see the ensemble there and the cameo from uh, mrs marshall um big family event i don't know it's just you know ultimately it's kind of thin for me it's like the prem it, it's like it gets a lot out of the premise like yeah felix must throw oscar a surprise birthday party and it goes through a lot of obstacles to get there and then he finally does it um uh, uh, but the laughs to me are, are, it's pleasant. I chuckle a lot. Um, I think Murray's uh, breakdown is this the fun, definitely the funniest part of the episode to me, the most laugh out loud part. So uh, how many Murray's? Three. three okay. I, I, that's where I thought you were going. Yeah. Unlike last week where I didn't- Can, I, can I just ask uh, one question uh, about this episode for the, for the Odd Couple universe? Is his, uh, is the date ever mentioned? Yeah. Uh, of his I, birthday? Yeah, I, I, I guess we'll have to. Be I don't think it. right. So I, I would, I want to propose to uh, to the Odd Couple <laughs> Cinematic Television Universe that the air date of this show, November seventeenth, nineteen seventy two, should be honored as Oscar's birthday. Okay, we'll November seventeenth. We'll see. If that's, right it's down. very close to when Felix was thrown yeah. out. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Uh, so if you have any feedback for us. Uh, you can email us at 1049pod at gmail.com. And if you love our show, it'd be great to give us a good rating on iTunes. If you don't love it, then don't give any rating on iTunes. Just We just want five-star reviews, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, all right, well, I have to go. Chubby Wendis is waiting. We have a play date, so um, I can't really talk any longer. You're a tough nut to crack, Ted. <laughs>